Why, hello, everyone. Hello. Oh, hi, hello. That was a particularly Professor Farnsworthy. Hello, everyone. Good news, everybody. Good news, yeah. everyone. <laughs> Welcome once more, dear listeners, dear players, dear whomever this may apply to, to Reckless Attack, a fifth edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. I am your Dungeon Master, Nathan, once again, joined around the table by all of these just cute little players around here. <laughs> hey, everybody. How you oh, doing hi. tonight? Oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, let's make sure that all our listeners know what cute little guys I'm talking about. <laughs> Starting with the cutest guy, Jonathan, who plays Shepard. Um, as my husband is sitting here at this table, I have to disagree. Okay, as, well, as the as the identical twin girl, you are, you are legally obligated to say that. Right. Though, so. One out of one, Jonathan's pulled. <laughs> of current players, players who have responded to the introduce yourself segment of Reckless Attack, hundred percent. Who plays checkers? The Grung Druid, and it's just the cute frog pals, Mango and Junior. I am not disputing Mango's cuteness. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's just fact. Yes. Al alas, he is but a fictional frog. <laughs> mm -hmm. Only fictional in the world. He's true in my heart. That's true. <laughs> he exists so, solely so in, accurate. In my Only heart. fictional in your mind. Let that one sink in. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> We're already off the rails. I am very interested to see where you're trying to go with this, Jonathan. That's the problem. I'm trying to go somewhere, but I don't even know. That's... <laughs> Well, what fucking welcome to my brain. I got you, man. I get you. Send off in the comments where Jonathan is going. <laughs> yeah. Where I'm trying to go is across the table from me to Selv. <laughs> ah, hello, everyone. I'm Steve, and I'm playing Selv Esterlin, the dragonborn monk who is excited to get to Deepwood because it's basically a tree fort. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tree fort, and it's not a building that might eat him. Well, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Mm. <laughs> It currently does not pose <laughs> as a building. As far as, you know. as, far as right. self knows, it is not a building that is trying to eat him. It's one of those good buildings yes. that doesn't do an eat. Yes. And to my right. Hi, everyone. I'm David, and I play Casper Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock. And I am... Uh... <laughs> what even are yeah, we? Today? Yeah, what is even? I don't even know what's going on anymore. 101 Sophie's polled, the cutest one here. Yeah, right? <laughs> I was I was say, say, I've been voted most cute at my uh, high school prom, <laughs> yeah, which is now, is happening now. Oh, God. Did I do something? Like, did I introduce this no, episode wrong? Nathan, or did I what's think, going on here? I think the Zangs happened. Uh, yeah. Got it. Oh, no. We just, called them cute and they yeah, just couldn't we're, handle it. We're arguing it. in the background. No, am I the cute one? No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> the, I'm the cute one. one. Mm. I, I shit you not. I have for many years been able to easily tell the difference in your voices, even before we started just cramming your voices into my ear one hour a week. <laughs> and literally, as you were saying, no, I'm the cute one. It was like, oh, God, they actually <laughs> melded together just a little bit in a way that I'm not comfortable with. And across the table from me. Hi, everyone. I'm Sophie. I play Valeska Carter, the human astral cleric of the Arcana Domain. 
I'm going to just leave it there. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's enough. Pr- probably yeah. the wise yeah. choice. for that's this episode. <laughs> well, well, cuties. <laughs> Last time on Reckless Attack, uh, you had, a, I would say, overall, a nice time where you successfully escaped from big, scary, shambling uh, skull and surrounding cult. You had a nice evening of flute playing, crayon drawing, poker playing, talking about mortality with an undead centurion that's been around for a few decades. Classic D&D stuff. You are probably now a good day's travel away from your destination of Deepwood, which is the tree city, tree fort, whatever kind of situation that you uh, you guys are going towards. But now maybe your stopover at, at Deepwood is maybe a little more, not complicated, but at least there's something to do than just see the sights, so to speak. Because you got a very interesting message from everyone's favorite guard captain of Agmar, Namgar, who said the city of Crossroads, which is a city that you all passed through on your way to get to Agmar, the city has been attacked. Some refugees had made their way to Agmar, and some amount of refugees were actually on their way to Deepwood as well. You don't have a lot of details. You're not even sure if your timelines are going to intersect. But that is the information you have as you all are sitting around maybe a campfire, maybe a place that you've already picked out to be your camp for the evening, as Selv has kind of informed you all of what he heard from beautiful dwarf Namgar. I just want to say, I think Checkers is thinking about the fact that he may have been the last person to (laughs) climb the giant bridge before it was torn down. Immediately centering himself in this potential tragedy. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. Uh, Just cementing him as the greatest adventurer who ever lived and will be known across all of Crossroads history as the last person who who witnessed this. It's really good that they took a running tally of names of people who climbed it so that they would always have a written record Mm -hmm. of who went up there. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's what Checkers is up to. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. I'm famous. Yeah. <laughs> Just a clarification. They took something from the bridge or they took something from the archway that led into the city? It's a little bit of both, where there is kind of an archway bridge. Is I mean, it like both. the Brooklyn Bridge where there's like ar- there's like the tall structures that kind of yeah, hold up exactly. the bridge? Yeah, okay. exactly. That was torn down. Not necessarily to ruin the bridge, it sounded like. But because there was something inside of inside the arch, the bri- inside the, the arch bridge. of the bridge. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I know that the refugees from Crossroads left a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. but did Domgar say, and he's kind of looking at Selv, when they might arrive at Deepwood? He was not specific. They left several days ago, so I would guess within the next three to four days they would arrive in Deepwood. Interesting, yeah, because they're taking the road straight here. But that does pose a challenge, because I don't know if we can stick around in Deepwood when we get there. I think what we can do is Prepare let the city. Yes, let the people of Deepwood know that they are coming and ensure that they're going to help them, make sure that they're open to the refugees. So that when they get here, the refugees arrive, they'll have what they need. We'll just have to hope that the leadership at Deepwood is the kind of people who would take refugees in. 
was Namgar's message, was it asking us to take care of it or to just make sure that they were be able to be received? So it specifically said, been an attack on crossroads. Refugees at Agmar, including strange folks you rescued from Grung. Some going to Deepwood. If close, can you ensure a rifle? Now, Namgar is not your boss, and he knows that, and you guys would know that. He is simply asking if you are able to offer assistance. It sounds like maybe he was assuming we would be taking the, the, the runic road. road and baby, baby get them and escort them. I think he's assuming that we are close in the area where they're headed and that we are the guilders he knows us okay. to be and will do what we can, but we just he's just giving us a heads up. I think that once we get to uh, Deepwood, uh, we should notify the guards and see if they can send people out to the road uh, mm-hmm. to meet the refugees if we are not able to. We will not be able to. We have to find Lorana. We have to stick with our mission to help the Bones. We don't have a ton of time either way. And... This mission is one we have to do. The guards or folks at Deepwood would be able to help the refugees. It's an unfortunate reality that we can't help everyone. Yeah, I think, Leska, to your point, we have a job to do. So we'll help these people any way we can. And maybe on our way back, we can check on them. The fortunate, the undead centurion who has been accompanying you on this adventure kind of also nods and says not to be selfish but sticking to the mission often provides good results I don't suppose there are members of the bones generally out this far even before we had been recalled after that creature was attacking us we would never go this far we are sworn to Agmar not to the larger region unfortunately can I make a roll, or does Selv know what the guard in Deepwood is? Like, what they're called, and um, what they're, like, do they go outside of the tree, you know, or is it just mm-hmm. st- strictly there, they guard there in the tree, and that's it? Uh, yes, you can give me a history roll if you'd like. Ooh, uh, 19 on the die for an unnatural 20. You guys, You guys may or may not know about Deepwood, to an extent, the main overarching bits that is pertinent to your question. Deepwood is both a city and a forest. It is a supernaturally dense forest, a known to be incredibly magical and generally inhospitable to outsiders who do not know their way through it. Deepwood is also a city atop a gargantuan tree on the outskirts of this forest. For many years, it was kind of the point of contact for people outside of the community as a kind of way to slowly extend a bit of influence and neighborly appreciation outside of their kind of insular existence. That changed a bit during the reign of the Pentarchy and quadruply so during the Ultra Giants. That period, while they were not directly involved in anything around the Pentarchy or Ultra Giants, doubled down, if not quadrupled down, 
on their insular tendencies. They're not necessarily hostile to outsiders, but you would know generally they keep their attention to what goes on inside of their wood, presumably, and in kind of the most immediate area outside of it. I don't know if Deepwood would send people out that far. Suppose we could try to hire folks. We'll find out when we arrive. We can speculate, but we won't know till we get there. Maybe there is an unknown branch of the Golden Tree Guild there. <laughs> yeah, we can see. So you guys settle down for the evening. Make camp. Take your watches. Your co-watches with the fortunate. And you get up the next day. Again, another night passes uneventfully. And you haven't had too many of those in a row. <laughs> so maybe you're enjoying it. Maybe you're suspicious of it. I don't know. Val is attuned to the, the liminal looking glass and is aware the number of sentient creatures within 30 feet of herself. So that number goes up. She's like, what? She'll know. <laughs> <laughs> I will try my best to always remember that, mm -hmm. that your beautiful new artifact, as delivered by Vakri, the lovely spirit living mm -hmm. inside of your brain, does such things. The next morning arrives, and you all pick up your supplies, you break camp, and you continue your trek. It is kind of, once again... A relatively lovely day outside. Another several hours of walking go by. Val, you're the first to see it. That shadow from the prior day's travel. The shadow as a reminder that Kaskrin looked through his spyglass that he has always had, will always have, is very high-powered and very fancy and expensive and effective. Identified as some sort of a bird, a raven, a crow, something that had maybe a head strapped to it. <laughs> it's hard to say. There was a head poking out of plumage, it seemed like. And you see the shadow. And unlike the other times that it has appeared, it is not simply overhead. You can see that it is flying towards you you see this large shadow, wings beating, flying much lower than before, and unmistakably in the clear blue sky above you, towards you. Everyone else sees the giant bird headed directly for towards us, correct? We're under attack, take cover. Wait, uh... <laughs> it's back? Hold on, hold on, keep it there, keep no, it there. Cass, Cass, you can clearly see it with your own eyes. To be, to, to also, subtitles is David miming, fumbling, frantically pantomiming. Yeah. Uh, which again, the Kaskarin has always had, will always have, and is impeccably excellent. And, and he's holding both the tripod and the <laughs> telescope in his hand and then looks around and just like, there's this giant raven barreling towards us. The fortunate, is this a attack angle or a Landing. let's have a conversation angle? I presume everyone has slightly paused at this development, even if just for a moment. And the fortunate looks up, pauses, and then looks down at you all. Says, I don't know. Scatter. Val will stand behind the fortunate and <laughs> Reasonable. wait until... The raven is within 50 feet and then cast Mind Link. 
Okay. What is everyone else doing? So Selv is going to be heading at a uh, perpendicular from how the raven is coming in. So if the raven is, is, is coming in wow, towards... Selv is running away? Bummer. St- what a coward. Strategic, a strategic placement um, is what that is. <laughs> wow. And so, Fancy so words. R- run, get perpendicular. Um, I would like to try to determine if this creature is coming in for a landing or is coming in talons out to grab something and keep going. You'll have to wait until it's much closer. That That's fine. <laughs> uh, is reasonable, yeah. if not great. I think that is a reasonable thing you can roll for, but also it's flying and it's going to do that. You know, I, I don't know if you guys have seen, you know, like a bird of prey where like it only extends its like talons at the last possible second yeah. to lunge out. So who, who knows? Who knows? Checkers is going to start yelling in a language that people don't understand, but it's he's speaking. He's trying to speak raven or crow. <laughs> <laughs> he's just yelling out as loud as he can. Don't eat me. Don't eat me. I taste bad. Ah. Now, Go for one of them. <laughs> Go for that one. Are you mechanically speaking crow or are you just chirping? <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, yeah. he, he, right. Checkers has trained the Agmar crows. Yeah, I can Remember? speak. I can speak with animals. Yeah, I was gonna say. I know that you can speak with animals, but training crows and versus "Don't eat me, don't eat me" <laughs> is a little different than like, "Well, I left popcorn out for them. Yeah. Maybe they'll do nice things for yeah. me." Yeah, Casgrin is just trying desperately to get the telescope and the tripod <laughs> back in the bag, and is like fumbling with it and like ducking and like, "Oh god, oh god, oh god." We have very bad reactions. It's, I think. I mean, it's a weird. <laughs> One of the thing. legs got like, stuck helps. out of the pouch, and he can't figure out how to fold it back in. <laughs> don't eat me! Don't eat me! Yeah, I love. Slow. I love the idea that you just bought this recently, yeah. and so you're still like, you're still very proud of it, but it's still so new that you're yeah. just like, fuck! I've never had to put this away quickly before. Ah, ha. it has like its own like foam case, of course, and it just like course. it doesn't fit in there right now. Like, <laughs> this is not the time. It's like trying to get a tent back into like yes. the original case, and yeah. they're like, I, I need at least an hour to get. This. Right. Right. But also with a large bird barreling yeah, towards you. Yeah. Is the humanoid... You can't see a... it. Like, you, it, as far as you can tell, even as it bears down on you, you can't see anything. Okay. Like, you believe that Kaskarin saw it in his spyglass, but as far as you can tell right now, it looks like just an increasingly more uncomfortably large bird is flapping towards you. So, I will ask to roll me a survival check as this thing continues to bear down on you. That would be a natural one uh, for a total of seven. Eat him, eat him. (laughs) That's no raven, that's a space station. (laughs) (laughs) So all this is happening (laughs) all at once. You all become aware of several things happening suddenly. You see this thing barreling down on you, Val. You are concentrating. You're like, all right, all right. It's any second, any second, any second. And then you still hear a clattering in the background <laughs> of Kaskarin trying to... Oh, jeez. St- oh, God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff things away. Maybe get a hammer out. I don't know. Wherever, like, there's just clambering uh, back that direction. And then you were also suddenly aware that Checkers has been screaming in crow for who knows how long <laughs> because you've been so focused. And... You off in the distance. Selv has been taking off, and you are and you are also I forgot peering behind the fortunate mm-hmm. as seeing all of this and waiting for all this to unfold. And you see Selv 
hit the deck. Just dive dramatically onto the ground to take cover. Just at kind just around that 50 foot mark, the creature's wings stop flapping for just a split second and then fling out wide as kind of like an air break kind of situation where they are off to the side and you can kind of see the exposed like belly and you see all of the wings. It immediately like kind of hits the brakes and you all get this big rush of wind as it slows down and kind of glides to a stop. First, you get the sense, especially once it hits 30 feet because it happens like so fast, that there are indeed two sentient creatures have entered into your field of perception. And you are able to just kind of like start the process of reaching out via mind link. And this large bird flaps its wings one more time. And you immediately notice how huge, like these wings aren't just big because this bird is 15, 20 feet tall, just standing. But the wings are disproportionately large and its wings fold in and are so large it almost like they crisscross a little bit and they lean forward and the, when the wings open back up a small small mortal steps out of seemingly nowhere and says hello hi you're not, you're not gonna eat us right we'll see And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyir. Can the gang find Tyir, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Dark Dice is a critically acclaimed actual play podcast brought to you by Fool and Scholar Productions. With over 20 awards in sound design, Dark Dice brings its horror-themed campaigns to life with snappy combats, terrifying monsters, and tons of original music. Each episode is only 45 minutes long and features an all-star cast of seasoned role players and first-time players alike, including folks you might recognize like Jeff Goldblum, Lily Pichu, and Jasper William Cartwright. Start with Season 1 and follow the adventurers on their quest to investigate a doppelganger, or jump into Season 2 and listen to a new story about a terrible, corrupting sound that infects all who hear it. Dark Dice is available for free however you listen to podcasts or at darkdice.com. So ask yourself, 
Do you seek him? This this is a small creature, probably in proportion, looks like maybe a, a halfling. But it's hard to tell because this creature is absolutely covered from head to toe with leathers, with armor, with strips of fabric, and has giant goggles is a little uh, too goofy, but just large, glossy, glassy things like spectacles covering its eyes uh, in a way that it looks like goggles. And Kaskrin, you would know that's what you saw in the spyglass. The glint must have been these giant eye things, but there is no skin exposed. Is this creature still strapped or like inside the raven? No, it just the wings closed and the wings opened up a little bit again as it kind of like was bowing down to you all. And it just walked out in a way that like either they're very slick or is lightly magical or both. Catherine will go up and respectfully introduce ourselves. We are the Golden Tree Adventuring Guild. What can we do for you? <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of like looks up at the halfling or the creature and like back up at the raven. Gilders, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm Val. I'm Jackers. Val has stepped around the fortunate at this point. You sure know how to make an entrance. What's the what's the dragon doing over there? And everyone just like slowly, I'm imagining just slowly turns over to self. What is self doing over there? Uh, well, self is standing up and was going to attempt to uh, be stealthy and move around to the other, the backside of the raven and, you know, be there just in case. But if he's seen, I'll just kind of stand up, brush himself off. Val will like wave over it, like wave him to come over. Okay. I will come out to, to stand with the rest of the group. I believe he was strategically distancing himself if you were to attack. Hmm. That's that's reasonable. Yes, that sounds correct. And who's that? Pointing to the fortunate. This is our friend, the fortunate. They are a companion of ours, a defender from the red city of Agmar, where we're from. From Agmar? Interesting. I'd wondered. Directions line up. That makes sense. We were definitely aiming for the shortest route to Deepwood. So you are going to Deepwood? We are, and we've noticed you've been you've been following us for a while. Well, I wouldn't say following. What I would say is that I have known where you were for a while now. I've been only following you for like a day. By the way, you have not seen this for a day. You've seen it. You saw it yesterday for a bit, and you saw it for a bit today. You've not seen it for a day. And We've learned we're pretty easy to find in the wilds. And who are you and your friend? I have noticed that you're pretty easy to see in the wild. It says, ignoring Kaskrin's question. And again, this voice is a little androgynous. Hard to tell if it's male, female, or otherwise. And it's like, um, you know, usually when I'm out of my flights... I don't do people the courtesy of flying down and uh, introducing myself. We appreciate being an exception. Well, I saw you guys 
do something with that weird skeleton? It was a little unclear. It seemed like you were at odds with the large skeleton. Is that a fair that interpretation? It's a fair interpretation. We did have opposing viewpoints on whether or not some of us should be eaten by it or not. Mm-hmm. I would too. Yeah. Well, that business told me you weren't just anyone coming coming through this direction. I'd hoped that that meant that we could have a nice conversation about your intentions. And Cashman will also ask, and where are you from? And I imagine you get totally ignored. <laughs> uh, no. This time, after this has kind of been talked through, the halfling turns to you and says, I'm one of the raven mounts of Deepwood, and that's why I'm here. Val says under her breath, sweet. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Checker says very out loud, sweet, that's awesome. Can you take us there? We'll see. What are your intentions? Our intentions are to hopefully find the next destination of our journey. We're looking to find somebody to help us reconstruct a magic item that was broken. And they weren't able to tell us directly where to meet them. We got a riddle instead. And Deepwood seemed like our best guess. The halfling takes no pause at you being told a riddle for where to go, but instead asks, do you think that your answers lie in Deepwood? We are not sure. We think Deepwood is part of the journey to our destination. We hope to enter the city and restock on supplies, maybe meet a few of the town guards. We did catch word of a few refugees from the nearby city of Crossroads that might be stopping by. But as far as we're concerned, we intend to be in the city no more than maybe a day. What do you mean, refugees? Crossroads was attacked. The bridge was torn down. People fled. Some to Agmar, some on their way here. Can someone roll me a diplomacy check? Or whatever the Right? It is the persuasion. 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 Fuck, every time. Persuasion. persuasion. Yeah, Fucking yeah. 4E. Taskrin with a 15. The halfling kind of looks between all of you, clearly sizing you all up. They say, well, it's the first time hearing about it, but I'm usually out of the city, so I only know what I see. So, say I believe you. I believe you. All right. <laughs> Say I believe you. Don't. <laughs> what concern are these refugees to you? And why are they coming to Deepwood? We strive to help anyone in need. One member of the Agmar Guard sent us a message letting us know they were on their way here too deep one and we'd like to make sure they arrive safe I assume the leadership of Deepwood would like a heads up to know that they're on the way we've never met these refugees we don't know who they are but we'd like to help them in any way we can the halfling ponders this for a moment 
and says, All right, I'll tell you this. Deepwood is generally not open to outsiders for reasons that are our own. They can take a degree of solace under our bows until the council decides what to do with them. If you want, I am sure I could arrange a time for you to speak to the elders, if you would like. Especially if you only need to be in our city for a short time. I think we would all very much appreciate that. The halfling kind of pauses again. And, like, the energy is a little sapped. And the halfling pauses, then kind of looks back up at you and chippers up a bit and says, Well, if that's it, I believe you. I would say... Don't try anything funny. See you at Deepwood. Try not to die. And, um, that's it. Well, thank you very much. Um, what was your name? The halfling has already, like, kind of started up towards uh, their mount. Again, this big bird that has just been looming behind this whole time. Once again, kind of, like, unfurls its wings a little bit. The halfling steps up and is once again kind of semi-cocooned for a moment and then you see the wings spread open strangely widely supernaturally widely and begin to flap kicking up dust and dirt and and grass all around you and you can hear this high-pitched voice call out name's juniper i'll see you there bye juniper don't die we'll try And with uncomfortable speed, the mount quickly gains altitude and is not but a speck in the sky that you soon lose. The fortunate looks around at you all and says, that was weird, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm, Indeed. What about that bird? How do we get one of those? Sal, you think they're taking applications to be a raven mount? (laughs) You want to be the mount? I want to be the raven. <laughs> Mango's the mount, obviously. I, I don't see why not. Me. It might only be open to residents, though. Mm, well, it was nice knowing all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Are other cities like that? The fortunate ass. Agmar is all I'm familiar with. And Agmar, obviously, with screening and vetting and uh, other words that I honestly never cared to listen to Domgar long enough to learn. Um, I believe the raven mounts are like the bones. They patrol outside the city and probably have a dual job of vetting visitors, much like the um, the guards when you get into the walls. Rockwell really does not have anything like this. And poof. I mean, granted, it, we're a canyon city in the desert. So, hey, we're open to all. We you invite all knowledge. That's true. You gotta <laughs> get through the sand sharks. You gotta get through the desert. It's a lot of natural obstacles. Lotrosis has like ships. We don't really. <laughs> we don't really have. Uh, we don't have birds so much. I suppose the monastery is similar with um, natural obstacles. You gotta get up there. Just seems odd. Everyone's got a thing. No, the reticence towards refugees struck me as strange. Agmar, Agmar's not like that. 
And the Forsha just kind of like is just processing a new interesting worldview that they have just learned. Deepwood has become used to their isolation. Or potentially they let in outsiders at one point and something bad happened. You guys would know that cities and towns, be they new, old, and de- or otherwise, are drastically different mm-hmm. in terms of how they screen people, how they let people in. Some people, absolutely, come on in, whatever, we'll figure it out. Other people are like, it's invite only, mm-hmm. <laughs> VIP city. So it's it wouldn't be as alien for you guys, but is still notable mm-hmm. that they are so... Like, mm, I don't, I don't know about that. Which means they may have an issue with the fortunate entering. We don't know that. They might just, I mean, they have an issue with us in general. I think more so than any one of us. Guess we'll find out. I find people quite enjoy me. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hoot. Yeah. <laughs> I but am that's a what delight. Val's gonna like embroider on the next hat (laughs) you guys continue walking every once in a while you feel like maybe you see a a dot up in the sky above you maybe every once in a while you see a couple dots in the sky above you as the hours march on and then from an impressive distance away you see it and almost unimaginably large tree. He says, asking players and listeners alike to imagine a large tree. I have imagined the tree from Avatar. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. A giant trunk that is as wide as a city itself stands at the edge of a vast and dark forest Imagine the sun is starting to set and you can start to see in beautiful green foliage lights that have started to prickle on. Partway up this tree seems to be a large growth that it takes you a second to realize is maybe a large mushroom that is overgrown with moss and seems to have buildings on it. In the middle of this gargantuan tree, you can see, even at this distance, a giant waterfall cascading all the way down. And it seems like there are lights behind it, just illuminating and highlighting the water. On the other side, opposite, of the mossy mushroom. Even at this distance, you can see what appear to be burn marks. But these burn marks are hundreds of feet in the air. All of that pales from the city above. Cut out from the foliage, almost like a city sandwich, where foliage are the two buns. You see a multi-tiered city with phosphorescent lights like Avatar (laughs) (laughs) sparkling throughout. Even here, you can start to see again lights 
of civilization start to spring up. On either side of the trunk, you see more waterfalls cascading down each of the levels. Brightest of all, right in the middle of this city, catching your eye, even from this distance, is a light, like a reflection that you can only imagine is a light source involving a gigantic mirror that is pointing in different directions as the night goes on. And all around this tree are thousands and thousands of differently sized ravens. You all have made it to the city of Deepwood, and you all have leveled up. And we will see you next week. Throughout the night, I just like slowly like melt in yeah. my chair. Also, yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? That's also sit up straight. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> posture is garbage. I swam twenty five hundred yards the other day. My back is shot. Well, yeah. Right. So do more core work for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Engage is what we're trying to muscles. get at. Right. <laughs> there should be something like a core rule book kind oh, of yeah. to follow mm. or something. That might help. <laughs> Everyone has to come in and do a minute of planks before we, <laughs> we start recording. Really when warm did, the abs up. When would you say the Reckless Attack podcast started to fall apart? <laughs> or like, you know, like behind the music thing 10 would years Would you say now, it like, was well, mandatory? It's the mandatory planks, actually, to be honest, I think is probably, probably where it was. Well, as they say, planks are constant. <laughs> Ooh, <Boo>. okay <laughs> something i just that was when it started yeah that, that was <laughs> if we had to put point to a one specific time yeah. right. one that pun, was it too yeah. far oh. one science pun yeah.